A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Dan Altina, president of Repco Light Paints. <laughs> How are you? I'm well. How are you? Yeah, I mentioned that because. I'm kind of a rube, and I had failed to mention that for the last, how many weeks have you done this now? I've lost count, so I yes. guess that's you know enough. It's been enough, yeah. We mentioned and introduced you the very first week you were on, right after Betsy left, Yep. and you stepped in. We introduced you and did a nice little walk through your past, unearthed some skeletons and things like that, right? Yeah. Talked about all the do reasons this again? you'll never run for office anywhere. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> No, we introduced you, and then I never, ever thought to do that again Okay, until so. this past weekend where I got my sixth email from a listener saying, who is this other Dan? Right, who's this mystery person? Oh, and I thought, oh, that's such a, such a dumb mistake. I failed to repeatedly introduce you. So Dan Altina, president of RepcoLite, you've been in the company... Almost Close all to 40 your years. Life, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Did you have other jobs outside of Repco Light? Worked at the pizza place when you know I was a teenager. And, yeah. 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 And then that's, that's it. it. So, yeah, yeah you, you a lot of experience and you've got a lot of a lot of different things that you've done. I mean, you, you do a lot of work on cars and you've got a million projects. Oh, hobbies. Yeah. Well, all kinds of different fields. Sure. Yeah. So, it's fun. You bring a lot of, a lot of expertise that I don't have, or at least a lot of experiences. And I like to think that there's there's a ton of really awesome stuff I bring that you can't even remotely come close to. <laughs> I'm I'm sure that's right? true. When we find those, we're going to write them down. <laughs> yeah, I've got a pad right here. It's it's empty right now, but when we find them, <laughs> okay, I'll start keeping track. Yeah, we'll note those down. Anyway, Dan Altina, I wanted to make sure I announced you, and from time to time, we'll continue to All right. until everybody's familiar. All right, then we'll let you go, and we'll bring some new. In. <laughs> anyway. Today, we got all kinds of stuff we're going to try to cram in, and at the end of the show, we're going to talk about a Christmas present you received. Yeah, I got a really special cooking gift for Christmas this year. Yeah, your wife's sending you a message. <laughs> I, haven't I, been... I have a new hobby for you. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been carrying my my share, I guess. Yeah. It's an outdoor cooker, and when you hear exactly what it is, you're going to want one. And we're also going to be answering a customer's question about painting the exposed ceiling of a basement. But first, before we get to all of those things, from time to time, we all, we, we talk about some of our favorite tools. You know, Betsy and I have done that over and over. It's always fun to, to give people a list of things that you've used, whether it's a tool or whether it's a cooking, cooking implement or whatever it is. Something right. that has saved you time, saved you money, you know, made your life easier. Something you didn't know that you couldn't live without until you had it. It's really fun to tell people about that. Because yeah. you've got experience with it. And there's something that's in our studio. Our studio is encased within, what do you call this? A big warehouse. Yeah. We've got kind of a metal shop. We've got a woodworking shop all right. here. So we've got access to all kinds of tools. And one of the things that has caught my eye from the very beginning and scared me, I would never, ever touch it, <laughs> but it's a welder. You're and intimidated I'm, oh, by I the am welder. Extremely intimidated, but so envious because you've used it, and I've watched you create all kinds of things. Yeah, and fix a lot of things fix too. So many things, and it's so handy. Yeah, and yet I felt like it's something inaccessible to me. You know, right. clearly Dan's got 
schooling. He went to college for welding or something, <laughs> is what I assumed. And we were talking about it the other day, and you talked about how simple it was to get into. Right. It's super easy, really. And um, the more I've used it, the more invaluable it's become to me. So that's why it's a good little subject for us today. Yeah, because even though you may be intimidated and may think this is not something I could ever do. You're wrong. You're wrong. Right. I hate to just put it out there like that, but that's it. It's okay. I hear that a lot. But we're talking women, because you've got a a friend who yeah, one of my friends. Yeah, she creates a sculpture with her welder. Right. And uh, yeah, and 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 she. I mean, it's her big hobby now, and uh, it's it's not intimidating. It is on the surface, but it's not when you get into it. So, what have you done with it? I mean, first, let's make the case. Why would anybody even think about getting into it if they haven't run into a situation? Where yeah, they've needed one. Um, right. Well, it for me, it started from. Uh, the car hobby, mm-hmm. fixing up old cars. Sometimes it's hard to find a replacement part or you just can't replace a part. You have sure. to fix the part. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I got into welding way back when is, okay, I can't replace this. I need to fix it. That's when I and, usually quit that project <laughs> and move on to move a new on, one. Go find a new one. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then that one sits there for a while. Yeah. I, I have a few of those too, yeah. as you know, because they're around here. <laughs> yeah, but I've seen them. <laughs> so you would fix parts yeah. or- yeah, right. And, um, and and so that's really primarily what I've used it for. I've built things with it, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, it's mostly that I've, I've used it to fix things. So what other things have you fixed? I mean, give people some... some... So a good example is this was just last season, last winter. Um, I was snowblowing my driveway, and my 15-plus-year-old snowblower, the handle, cracked. Okay. It's like a handlebars for a bicycle. Mm-hmm. and A little bell on the side? <laughs> yeah. Watch out, here I come, ding, ding, ding. (laughs) And that handle broke. Um, It's old. It's an off-brand. I don't know where I'd even buy a new handle for this thing, but I can easily weld it. it. In less than five minutes, I was back up and running again after having broken one whole side of this handle off of this thing. Now, I know Dad had a snowblower that eventually he gave to me. It was older when he had it. I had it for 15 years after that yet, but we had a similar thing where it rusted through or he had an area where rust had weakened everything, and I believe he hit something on the driveway, maybe a raised concrete slab a little bit, and it cracked it. And it was pretty much toast. It wouldn't work, but we didn't have the ability to weld it, so we had to find somebody with that ability. Right. But fixed it, and the thing ran for another 15 years or more. We have at home an ice cream set, if you know what that is. It's, I have no idea, but it sounds good. <laughs> it sounds yummy. What in the world would you need to weld an ice cream an set? An ice cream set is a small table and two small chairs. You know, like I guess you could have four chairs. It's like what you'd see outside of an ice cream parlor. You know, full, so it has no ice cream on it at all. It should not an or ice cream. If it maker. does get ice cream on it, you should wipe it off. It's just a table and chairs. <laughs> yeah, it's called an ice cream set. You've never See, heard we of that. At our house call those the little table and chairs outside. <laughs> we have right. an ice cream set as well. Okay, so, so anyway, now you know what it actually is. I do. So, so a lot of times they have these like hoopy loopy backs that are yes. like wrought iron. Well, one of ours came apart okay. and it's broken. And so now what do I do? Throw away this whole set of table and chairs or two minutes again with a welder, a little bit of cleaning up the metal before you weld, right. a little bit of spray paint, and uh, the ice cream set is returned to like new condition. I had a riding mower 
and the the deck part where the blades spin rusted through. There was a hole there, and you know grass is flying out of this little hole. Well, <laughs> all, all I had to do was carve away with a grinder the rusty metal, find a little piece of scrap metal and patch it up, weld it closed, put a little more spray paint on that, and it's as good as new. Saved myself several hundred dollars. All right. So plenty of practical use. Lots of practical use. You still got people out there who are thinking there's no way. First off, is there a place we go? I mean, if if we want to look for one, where are we doing that? So most big box stores will have welders available. It may not be exactly the one that will work best for you. My experience has always been, and this is true whether it's a scissors or a welder or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that you buy a good tool and you don't have to find a better one someday down the line. And so I bought mine at a welding supply store. Um, there's one chain that's around in every community generally is called Praxair, P-R-A-X-A-I-R. And they'll help us they'll help get fu- into this. Yes. They'll help you find the welder that They're you They're not going to shun me when they recognize that you're my new. incompetence. Right. Yes, that I'm new. Let's just it- say it that way. I shouldn't have said the incompetence part. I'm assuming something that's not necessarily They might be true. assuming incompetence, but they know for sure that you're new at it. Okay, right? yeah. All right. And they're not going to be they're, they're going to be cool with that. I am they sure were with me. I mean, they helped me a lot. Um, just to understand the the options and, you know, the price points and what you can do with one kind of welder versus another kind so of welder. So they'll walk me through what what's best. Yeah. How expensive are we? I mean, a rough ballpark kind of an idea. S- somewhere between eight hundred and a thousand dollars. Okay, so it's it's steep. It's not a cheap tool, no. But we are, you know, again, remember that I know we fixed a snowblower that I didn't, you know, that's not an inexpensive item right. either. That's yeah. Fifteen years of use out of that. You you had a lawnmower. I've saved ten times what I've paid for my welder since you know I got it just from fixing things. So you got me there. It still seems complicated. It seems utterly terrifying. Yeah, well, so complicated and terrifying are two different things, right? Like, so it's not complicated, but it is scary because you're dealing with melted steel, right? It's, right. And sparks. And, Don't touch it with your fingers. Yeah. So the spark is really bright, so you have to protect your eyes, you know. So uh, there's an auto-darkening helmet that uses an electronic sensor and an LCD sort of panel that normally you can see right through, but the minute it detects that spark, it darkens and protects your eyes right. makes welding really easy too and i'm sure you'd want gloves and something all to of those protect things. your skin from the occasional spark that's going to land on it yeah all right so a lot of practical use Tons a lot of, of fun use. you've said you had a yeah. ton of fun with it yeah it's it, it is almost like an addiction like once you start welding something you don't want to quit and a lot of you know people at work know that i have that I do welding. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times people come to me, Hey, I got this gas grill and the handle broke off or whatever it is. Can you weld this for me? I'm like, sure. Yes. Yeah. Let me, let me fix that for you. <laughs> yeah. You know? So if you need friends, <laughs> get a welder, get a welder. <laughs> and there you go. You're going to have friends flocking in. Yeah. All right. There, you know, we could keep going, but that's enough. That gives people an idea. It's an accessible hobby. Don't be afraid of it. Yes. There's a spark. Yes. You're dealing with molten metal, but it's any minor, you know, just taking normal precautions, once you get familiar with it, within a half an hour of using it, you're going to become proficient. And after doing a couple projects, you're going to feel like a pro. So more information, if you are thinking, hey, that does sound a little bit interesting, you could check out 
Praxair. Yeah. You know, I, call the other, them. Miller Welding. Miller Welding. That's the brand that I have as a Miller Welder, and they've got all kinds of information on their website. Yep. Check out the website. Honestly, if you have some basic questions or just want to dig a little deeper, I'm sure you wouldn't mind answering sure. some of those. You can email us, radio at repcolite.com. I'll make sure Dan sees that, and he'll respond and go from there. Sounds good. All right. Welding. Maybe I've got a new hobby Let's coming. Let's try it out. Let's go weld something. I don't know. <laughs> You're you're getting scared again. I'm Come on, sweating. yeah. It, it, I will, and we'll we'll report back. We'll start with scraps. It doesn't matter if you do it wrong. You're not going to wreck anything. You're All not right. going to go blind. You're not okay. going to burn a hole in your skin. All right. So when I succeed, I'll let everybody know. Yes. And everybody who's paid attention to me for the last couple of years, they're going to know everybody can do it. Then, no worries. <laughs> exactly. All right. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be answering that question about painting exposed ceilings in a basement yeah. and all the different things you need to know. That's all coming up next. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM. And we're back. Dan, let's answer questions. A question. All right, let's start with one question. question. Yes, yes. We're going to go to the phone lines. (laughs) Oh, are we going to do that? You paled for a second. (laughs) I'm looking around for a phone. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even have a phone here. No, we've got an email question. We get those from time to time. In fact, we we receive a lot of questions. Right. And normally we just answer them via email or whatever. You know, call the customer, call the listener, and talk them through whatever they've got going on. But this particular one was so good that I wanted to deal with it, and also so in-depth. There were so many different things to say. I I really couldn't think of a good way to write an email to cover all of these things. a response that covers all the angles. Right. So I've got a question from Nancy. I won't give out her last name because I did not get her okay ahead of time. So anyway, from Nancy, here's the email. I'm planning to spray paint my exposed basement ceiling, including floor joists, ductwork, water pipes that are foam-wrapped, and electrical wires. How do I calculate how much primer or paint that I need? She wonders if we have a primer and paint in one combination. Mm-hmm. And she lets us know that she wants just white. You know, white up there with an eggshell or maybe a satin finish. Okay. So a lot of different things. And we're going to get to all of that. And we're going to try to unpack all the different components of that question. But first, but let's first. talk about wh- why this is uh, something she might want to do and why this is such a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people out there are in the same, very same situation. Uh, I know my basement, part of it is unfinished and has all the same sort of issues. Silver duct work, white and black wires, mm-hmm. wood, all sorts of pipes going every which direction. Um, closing that up is a kind of a problem. To put a ceiling above that is a major job. Right. My parents had the same thing, and they had pipes that hung down a couple of areas where they yeah, hung down Yeah, now what low. do you do? Do you have a, a hole in the ceiling where that pipe sticks down? Right. We had somebody come in and say, well, you just box that area in. Well, we are not tall people. None of us are. <laughs> you know, I'm sure that comes as a shock to you, but my parents also... Really? You've are, come are from a little short shorter. <laughs> yeah. And even us, even we would have bumped our heads yeah. on, on those, you know, lowering that ceiling. So there was no way for them to put a drop ceiling or anything like that. Right. So they painted it. And yes, it is a bit of a project. You know, it is a little intimidating. 
you know, because you've got a lot of area to cover. It it feels like it's complicated. It's definitely it's, a com- it's complicated. not like painting a wall. It certainly doesn't feel that way when you're looking at or considering it as a project. That's right. But when it was done, the payoff. Oh my goodness, what a change that it's was! It's a transformation. It really is. Yeah. It's surprising. All of a sudden, all those different colors are gone. It's one solid color. You know, we went to a lighter color. That seems to be what a lot of people want to do. But blacks are also an option. Sure. And it is a little bit interesting because you know our general intuition on things is that if we put black up there, it's going to bring the ceiling down and lower it. But it actually doesn't work that way. It makes it sort of disappear. It disappears. And it kind of gives you this open-ended feel. Yeah, right. To the space. Almost the opposite. Yeah, exactly. So all of those things are options. And yeah, I guess really what we're getting at is that the payoff is big. It's really worth doing. And if you've got a basement that's unfinished, you know, like this, the floor, you know, is unpainted, the walls, the block walls, maybe they're not what you wish they were. The ceiling is open like this. Tackling some of these projects can really give you huge amount of extra space to your home usable right. livable space transform the room and make it a place that you're not you know afraid to show a visitor right <laughs> you can hang out yeah. down there yeah we always had the close your eyes when you walk through okay now right. you can open your right. eyes only the kids can hang out yeah. down there the don't adults at, can't don't look at the dungeon downstairs <laughs> so anyway Nancy's going to jump into that and we're going to dig into all of the different ins and outs, but I guess let's get out of the way first. She wants to start with a sprayer, right? right? That's the question. Is that the best way to go? It is. It is. It really is. Because of all the nooks and crannies and angles and all the surface area that needs to be painted, you could attempt it with a brush and a roller, but it is going to not go well for you. A sprayer is the way to go. Right, right. The brush and roller, there's so so much surface area. It just takes forever. Right. And and some some of the spots are... Not impossible to work around, but it's very so, difficult. so time-consuming. So there are a lot of different options when it comes to sprayers. We're going to dig more into that on the other side of the break. But over, you know, just a quick overview, you're going to want to get a commercial-grade paint sprayer. Right. And we rent those out. That way you can get a really high-end piece of equipment at a you know relatively low price point. And we rent them out of our Kalamazoo uh, location, our 17th Street in Holland, Repcolite, the Lakewood store in Holland, the Jenison store. All of those locations rent out the paint sprayers. You just need to give them a call and you know they'll get you pricing and get you on the schedule if you want one. They'll walk you through how to use it. It's not as complicated as you might think, similar to the whole welder thing. Right. Once you get uh, five minutes under your belt again, you'll be proficient. Exactly. So we're going to talk about all of that coming up in just a minute. Okay. Stick around. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM. And we're back. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Daniel Tina. You paused there for a second. Were you unsure? Yeah, I was trying to remember who I am. (laughs) Yeah. It's one of those days. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you're busy with other things. Yeah. You're invested in other other, other pursuits. I'm sorry. That's all right. Snap two, Dan. I'm on my my game now. All right, good. We're answering a question from Nancy, a listener who wants to paint an exposed basement ceiling. You know, so all the open floor joists, the... 
Hey, she's got everything. What did she list off? Duct, Duct work, work, wires, pipes. Pipes wrapped in foam and stuff like that and wants to know what to do. All right. We ended last segment just talking about why the the project is a really good project, even though it's intimidating right. and big. It's it's a really it a big, big payoff project, right? And we mentioned that spraying it is the ideal uh, procedure for getting the paint on there, and yes. you want to use a commercial sprayer. We'll talk a little more about that at the end and give some recommendations. But now let's jump into the the, the project, and because we're recommending a sprayer, the preparation is really key. Now prep is always key. But with a sprayer, it's a little more involved. Yeah, a little more extensive, right? We have to worry about overspray. That's what it's about, mm-hmm. right? We have to worry about what the sprayer is painting that we don't want painted. Right. So you've got to get everything masked off. But before you jump into that, you've got to get things cleaned up. So the ceiling's got to be dusted and vacuumed. Right. A lot so, of dust and you know cobwebs and stuff like that accumulate up in there. Right. So you're going to either have to hire a cleaning service... Oh, yeah. No, That'll no. happen. Yeah. No, just a shop vac with a bristled attachment is going to do the yeah, job. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, get the spider webs down, get the dust off, and do as good a job as you can on that. Yeah. Because if you leave stuff- It's going to show later. It's going to show later. So do what you can to get that cleaned off. Another thing to consider is dealing with knots in the wood. Yes, right. Because they will bleed through latex paint, which is what we'll be using. Right. So there's, we have to stop that from bleeding through. And there's not a lot of products that actually do that very well. The one that we always recommend, because we know it works so well, is BIN, which is a shellac-based white primer. Mm-hmm. Um, works extremely well at preventing that brownish staining from bleeding through paint where there's a knot. Right. A lot of, there are a lot of stain-blocking primers out there. You know, there's a couple of really popular names that almost everybody knows and throws around, and they're water-based, some of them. Yes. And everybody wants to use that. It says right on here, it's a water-based stain blocker. It'll block out all these things that we we right. want we want to block out. We even make one, Zip Prime That's WB. Right. And they is, work very well for, for water stains. For water stains, but not for... A not tannin stain bleeding is right. what we call that. So using a water-based stain blocker on stains like this. It's not going to cut it's it. It's not going to cut it. And Ben, like you said, it's a shellac, so it's it's alcohol-based. Smelly. Smelly. Fast-drying. Not, not fun to work with, but it's, Betsy always referred to it as a silver bullet. It yeah. fixes the problem, period. It's an insurance policy. Definitely. That... So you don't have to prime that whole ceiling, though. No. So no. you just have to spot prime. Just where the knots are, if there's a dark sap streak, something like that, but not right. the entire ceiling, just so here and there. You could use you know, just, just a brush, yeah, you know, a throwaway brush. Yeah, use a with a with a brush, or it also is available in an aerosol can. You can spray it on. Definitely. So you want to do that. It's going to dry very quickly. Make sure you're ventilating and all of those things. But once that's dry, you're ready to go with the with the with the painting part. But you do need to get everything masked off, and we're talking plastic everywhere. Right. So obviously, the things in the ceiling that you don't want painted are things like light fixtures, mm-hmm. uh, smoke detectors. Those you need to mask off well. And if you use plastic for that, you have to be careful to not use an incandescent light bulb or have not have the lights on because that. You know, sure. It gets so hot that right. it could melt the plastic. If you use paper, of course, now the light fixture isn't going to work very well. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe use LED bulbs or compact fluorescence if you need the light that those light fixtures are giving off. 
Um, auxiliary lighting is another thing. It's going to be a must. Right. And, and But while we're still on the subject of masking here, um, make sure all those things in the ceiling that you need to mask off are obviously done. There's going to be overspray that comes down the walls. Depending on what your painting schedule is, generally you're painting the ceiling. You're probably going to be painting the walls too. Mm-hmm. As long as you do the painting of the ceiling first, you don't have to worry so much about masking off the walls. Right. That would be only if you've got you know a finish on the walls that you don't want to. Yeah, don't want to disturb. Or, then, then it's or even more uh, complicated. The the masking part of things. Right. That could be done though with what, what we like to use is masking film, mm-hmm. which comes with a little dispenser and it's it, it unfolds. So it's only maybe six inches or a foot wide while you're applying it, but then it unfolds to this much larger piece of plastic. Right, and oh, then you just tape handy. down the bottom and you're good to go. Yeah, definitely you got to cover the floor. What you don't want to use is plastic on the floor. Right, super it's slippery, slippery and it's not absorbent. Right, so you end up tracking paint strip <laughs> drips everywhere. Yes, been there done that so canvas is really good for that we also have we do have those paper plastic ones well that would be absorbent but they're still a little slippery the other thing that i like to use in those situations are rolls of paper that we sell gotcha yep and you just roll a few strips of that out you know you can get it in four foot width so it doesn't take that many strips and it's relatively inexpensive it's probably less money than if you were to look at a plastic drop cloth for the whole floor anyway right it is inexpensive the kids will have extra paper to do all kinds of huge art projects on when you're done it's kind of fun to have around the canvas ones if you know they're they're never bad to have and they can be reused indefinitely over and over years and years a little pricier but definitely put the time into masking masking and and the prep work part of it once you've got that done it's time to move on to the paint Nancy was wondering what kind of paint. She wondered about a primer and paint all in one. Is that necessary? Do we have one? Well, almost every paint can be considered a paint and primer in one. Exactly. It depends a little bit on the surface, and certainly this surface is pretty easy. Mm -hmm. We're talking about, we're assuming bare wood. Paint will stick to that no problem. Regular wall paint, you don't need to have something that's specifically designed as a paint and primer in one, or even to go to a separate primer and then put a paint over it. Not necessary in this situation. Right. The only issue with the primer is the knots and things like that, which is why we're recommending the bin. Right. But other than that, you can go to a regular, a good acrylic paint. That's going to be ideal for sticking to the galvanized pipes, the ductwork. That's right. Those yeah. kinds of Plastics. things. Plastics. Right. So anyway, what about finish? Generally, the lower sheen is better, right? A, a flat finish or eggshell doesn't show imperfections. Typically, you wouldn't see a glossy ceiling in anything other than a kitchen or bathroom, possibly. Mm-hmm. So what seems appropriate to me in a living space would be a very low sheen paint. Right. So there you go with that. She wondered about coverage. How does she figure out coverage? Coverage is, is kind of tricky. When, when you're just rolling a wall, it's pretty straightforward. A gallon right. will cover about 400 square feet on a sealed surface, one coat. You know, So when we're talking about the ceiling, it's not a sealed surface, so the paint's going to soak in a little bit more. You're got spraying all these it. Joists. There's some loss from spraying. Right. There's some overspray. But then there's these joists where all that surface area, you have to take that all into consideration. Right. So figure you're probably with, with what Dan's saying, with the overspray and with that extra surface area that you're covering, you generally want to figure about two to three times the floor space. So figure out your floor space. Right. 
And the Double ceiling it. space will be two to three times that much area. And then divide by, what do you think? Uh, approximately 300 square feet per gallon. Yeah. And we can help you with that math. If you just come in with the floor square footage and tell us you're doing the ceiling, right. we'll be able to, to get you a recommendation when it comes to how much paint you're going to need. The last thing we probably want to hit before we wrap this one up is the equipment. We mentioned the sprayer at the beginning. Right. You know, in the in the previous segment, but there's a little more to dig into. It's right. you want to use a commercial grade sprayer, not just something you pick up. Not in any old sprayer, not a not a handy person special, not a a homeowner do it yourself or type of sprayer. It just doesn't work well enough. Generally, those type of sprayers require the paint to be thinned out with water in order to work. Mm-hmm. And now you're losing coverage. It doesn't flow right. It runs. It They're loud. Hide. Incredibly loud to use. And they wear out quickly. Right. So you generally want to rent a commercial grade sprayer. Right. Uh, and as we mentioned, uh, a lot of our stores, most of our stores will rent that out. I'll put links in the show notes. Ideally, just give the, the closest Repco Lighter Port City Paints a call, and even if they don't rent it out, they can get it from one of the stores that do and get it to you. And, you know, spraying is a lot like what we were talking about before with welding. Um, it's a little bit intimidating it at It is first, intimidating. But it really isn't. Within minutes of using a sprayer, you will become proficient. And, and it's fun. It is fun. It is fun. It is a little tricky. Yeah, you and, have to get a little touch to it. You will learn your way around it. There, and and when you're spraying areas like with pipes and with ductwork and with wires, you're going to run into some issues where you've got to, you know, configure or, or move around. And, yeah, in order to get behind it, because you'll create shadows. Yeah, of yeah. uncoated areas on the wall. All of that takes a little bit of figuring out. Right. But jumping into it, like I said earlier, uh, we did that at my parents' house right when I started at Repco White. So as incompetent as I sometimes still am, back then I was even worse. Oh, I can hardly imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How horrible that must have been. And we did it. And we did a remarkable job. And it you were happy with it. Really happy. So we'll walk you through everything you need when it comes to the sprayer. And we'll walk you through how to use it. And we're always available on the phone if you run into any issues or have some questions. Yeah, we'll walk you through all those things. All of that is doable. It's a great project. You know, painting that basement ceiling is going to change the room dramatically, almost more than anything else will. You'll want to hang out down there now. Yeah. You want to find a different place for all those boxes of stuff that you don't have a place for. Yeah, and the laundry. Let's move (laughs) that up into the living room because this space is so nice now. Anyway, if you've got any questions about that project or any project at all involving sprayers, if you want to get your basement floor painted, We've got products to help you with all of that. Sure. Yeah. The options are limitless. Virtually limitless. Yeah, let's say virtually. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to take a break. Hopefully that helps Nancy out. We're going to send her a $50 gift certificate. And other people that might have questions, please write in and we'll get you a $50 gift certificate as well if we use your question on the air. Definitely. Radio at RepcoLite.com. Send your questions there. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're talking about Dan's Christmas present. Oh, yeah. Which is an outdoor cooking uh, implement. Uh, An outdoor cooker. And it is so cool. I want one. I'm jealous. (laughs) And you're going to want one, too. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. Stick around. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost. 
on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Dan, you brought in uh, your. Was it your big Christmas present? Yes, it was. This was the big one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you brought that into uh, our studio here, and I saw you preparing it. Right. Uh, what you got was a, what's it called? A fire disc? Fire disc. Outdoor That's right. cooker. That's right. So, what it really is is it's a fancy modern version of a plow disc cooker. If anybody's ever heard of those. I hadn't until you, had, you mentioned it. Yeah, they're actually it, it's really old stuff, you know, from 100 years or more ago where generally in the southwest they would literally take the discs from farming implements, you know, that you're tilling up the ground with. Right. And they generally they have a hole in the center of them where an axle goes through. They would weld that yeah. shut, you know, they, <laughs> welding seal that keeps coming up. And you've got this big bowl, you know, and some of them can be, you know, twenty four inches right. across and in, di- in diameter. And they would cook, use that as a pan. Uh, they would uh, weld horseshoes onto oh, the for handles. For handles, right? And over open flames, it's a great cooking surface. I and thought this was a new thing. This no, was a recent development. No, your fire disc is a modern version of those older type things, and there's a lot of them out there, but we should describe it because it, it's super cool. Yours is... It's a big, heavy pan. Yeah. It's you know maybe 22 inches in diameter, um, heavy steel pan, and it sits on a stand with a propane burner under it. Right. And so it's a super modern version. It's powder coated. So it's resistant to to the heat and all of that that you're using. Um, It is really, really, really cool. You are seasoning that because basically it's like a great big cast iron skittle skittle <laughs> it's I love not those like cast that. iron skittles they you, don't the bite dentist, them just yeah. you've got to suck them dennis loves it when you're chewing the cast iron skittles <laughs> no skillet skillet normally yeah. i'm the one screwing up the language <clears throat> right I, I don't even know what to do i'm just sitting here in a moment of glory <laughs> anyway yeah it's just like a, a great big cast iron skillet where you've got to season it yeah and do all of those things but okay i guess we got to take a step back yours is called a fire disc right you can find that online fire disc and d-i-s-c c is is the spelling there and super cool. It's made in America. A couple of brothers out of Texas kind of dream this up. They're outdoorsy okay. kind of guys. Yeah, it's perfect for that kind yeah, of. Yeah, they were familiar with the plowshare okay. cooker that, that I was talking about earlier. And they were just trying to f- come up with the best outdoor implement for cooking. And this is what they came up with. It's super portable. You know, you mentioned it comes with a stand, but it's basically... Two legs that kind of connect with, yeah, like they a just slip together, kind of. right? Yeah. So you pop them apart, and that piece is already, you know, ready to be put away. It's three pieces. It's yeah, the two pieces that make up the stand, and then the pan, the pan itself. And I thought when I got it, you know, came in a box, obviously at Christmas time, and I thought, okay, I better see what tools I need to put this together. I don't know what I have with me. <laughs> I was expecting it to be some process of having to bolt things together and all that kind of stuff and open it up and it's there's there's nothing to put together here. Yeah. Pull out the, the two different leg components. Put them together. Put those together in a cross form. Yep. And put the, the pan on top. Pan sits on top. Hook up the propane and start it up. Right. Now it's not a flat bottomed pan. It's, it's more of a dished. bowl. It, it's almost like a wok. Yes. To, but much thicker. 
Right. All right. And so what you get with that, you know, there's there's a plus and a minus, but but if you learn to to adapt to how it cooks and how it heats, the whole mm-hmm. thing is a positive. It's not uniform heat all right. the way across it, the pan. It's obviously hottest in the middle where that burner is, and then as you go to the outer edges of the pan, it gets cooler. So you cook different foods in different places in the pan. That's what makes it so cool. Yeah. You watch it online, and there's so many different things you can do with it. You can start, you know, for example, uh, chicken fajitas or steak fajitas. So you start in the middle of the pan with your steak or your chicken, and you get that going. And as you get that to the point where it's starting to be close to done, you move that to the outer Outer Out of rim. the edge where it's Outer cooler. Edge. And it's going, yeah, it's cooler. It'll keep it warm, it's but not it's gonna not going to overcook anymore, it. Right. right. Now you've put your onions and your your peppers and all your vegetables in the middle, and you start doing that. And the whole thing is super cool. Once you get close to done on everything, you move all of that to the middle, and then you ring the, the, the cooker with your tortillas. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And just toast cool. them ever so slightly. It's you can cook things with it that you wouldn't be able to cook on, say, a grill. Right, you know, it's, it's really tough to saute onions on a grill. <laughs> There's a lot of falling it. through the cracks. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, it's and and again because it's this bowl shape, it'll hold some liquid. So and they and that's what they said on their website is how interesting it is to watch how, what people are cooking, and and the new. Recipes, I guess, is the wrong word, but the new meals that people are preparing that they didn't anticipate, like pasta, they can this bowl that you've got will hold up to five gallons of water. All right, so you can boil pasta. Yeah, you can, you know, I hadn't even thought of that. Kinds of different. Things. Can you make a pizza in it? <laughs> I don't know. I would think you can do pretty much what you want. Uh, one thing that I thought was really interesting is you can, you know, again put a oil in there. Heat that up. Use and it now as a you fryer. Can, right. You can make uh, fried chicken. I, I, there's recipes on their website for fried pickles. Have you ever had that? Oh, yeah. I That's love fried pickles. really, really good. All kinds of different things. So many options. Right. I am so excited that you got this. I know. I, I can't wait to even try you know, Barely tried it out. We did try it out. In the building, yeah, which we ended up not being a good idea. I would say this is definitely an outdoor yeah. cooker. Yeah, but- we did some bacon, and the whole building still smells a little bit like bacon. <laughs> yeah, right. I was really happy that it was your decision to do that. And <laughs> I had, I was just along for the ride. Right. Yeah. Well, who doesn't like bacon, even if it's not perfectly prepared? <laughs> now the whole place smells like bacon. Yeah. But it's really cool. I mean, it transports easy, and you can use. Um, you could use a large propane tank if with you an adapter, to an adapter with a hose. Yeah, but it will run right off of a the little one. That little. that's what we have it hooked up with right now. Yeah, cleans up relatively easily. Yeah, simple to clean. A little bit pricey. Yeah, but still. Again, really cool. and it's a it's a high quality tool. It's a high quality piece of equipment. It's going to last a long time. Exactly, the fire disc cooker. We're going to put links in the show notes because this is one of those things I think you could get a ton of mileage out of. Really interesting, really fun, probably worth the expense. A great reason to be outdoors too. Yeah, exactly. Well, Dan, that's it. We've got to wrap it up. All if right. you want to check this one out again, you can find it online at RepcoLite.com. Remember, all of the RepcoLite and Port City paint stores are open till 3 o'clock today, waiting to see you. Stop by and say hi. Whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Dan Altina. Thanks for listening.